Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode, episode 58. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, with my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, we got some uh, some cool stuff to talk about today, man. How's your day going? It's good. It's good. A little bit rainy over here in Texas, but uh, it's a good day. Uh, I'm excited about the show. A lot to get to. Got got another good review in, so excited about that. Question, so it's a good day. Yep, yep. I was excited, man. We got some questions in just in time for this week's questions of the month, and uh, we did. We got another five-star review. A little bit of written content. We'll get to that in just a minute, Ryan. Yep, but first, let's thank our sponsor, which is, again, Drilling Info. Um, if you want a hundred, if you want to get a free hundred dollars, I like a hundred dollars. Josh, he's so rich, he doesn't care about hundred dollars, but I like a hundred dollars. Uh, globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse. You can go, if you're in the land, our question's actually about land today, so I agree. Land, you're looking to buy, um, you want to get records, courthouse records, abstracts, things like that. You need to be in business with Drilling Info. Globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse gives you a hundred dollars on your first account, um, by going there, clicking on the link and sign up today. Well, Ryan, we mentioned that five-star review. Patrick Moreland, uh, on April 26th, he wrote, uh, amazing guys, great banner, very responsive to listeners, great stuff. Gave us a five-star review. Really appreciate it, Patrick. Uh, we'll do our best to keep it up. Yeah, yeah. Patrick's one of those guys that I got to meet through um, the Instagram page, and so got to chat with him a few times through DMs and stuff. So, Patrick, really appreciate you giving us this uh, the review and the rating. And, uh, you know, it means a lot. It really means a lot. We try to... Uh, Try to stay in contact with listeners as much as we can, and so uh, we appreciate them supporting us. Well, Ryan, is there anything we need to announce before we jump into our questions of the month? Yes, yes. I will be at the YPE event May 24th at Colonial, and I've already heard, Josh, I forgot to tell you about this, I've already heard that some of you guys have signed up um, for the event, so thank you for doing that. If you have not signed up, you need to. It's only 75 Bones. It's at Colonial. It's Crawfish, Adult Beverages. I'll be there. Pudge Rodriguez will be there. The Loch Ness Monster, Josh Shelton, won't be there, but it will be a great time, and I'm excited about that. Um, we're supposed to have someone from that event to come on and talk about it hopefully next week or two. Um, I'm really excited about that. That's just a few weeks away, man. I mean, that's just a few weeks away. And then after that, I'm actually headed to the beach. So I go to Colonial and then I go to the beach uh, for quote unquote business. Uh, no, I actually do some business, but I'm going to the beach. So it's going to be a, a good week str- uh, span in there. Man, you get to go to the beach and the crawfish bowl. Living man. the Josh Shelton life. That's what I call it. <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, Ryan, we have a couple of things we wanted to, to talk about this week. Um, you know, Ryan sitting at the Railroad Commission, he released something here here not to, uh, I think earlier this week we're going to get to a real interesting article we're going to put in the show notes. But, uh, Ryan, we have the questions of the month uh, that, that came in. When did, when did he send those in, Ryan? Was it like yeah, two just, days ago? Yeah, just a day or two ago. Got it in right in the right under the deadline, squeaked it in under the wire. We didn't have any other questions. So if you want to get your question answered on the show, Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com is the way to do that. We haven't really promoted it this past month. We kind of forgot about it until last week. But Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com, if you send them in, as long as they come in a day or two before the show and we don't have a lot of other questions, we'll be happy to get them in the first Friday every month. Uh, so these questions are coming in from David. Um, so David's questions were, first of all, he said, enjoy listening to your podcast. Tons of great information. I'm in the process of retiring from the military and will be moving back to the Permian Basin in June. And I'm looking to work in some capacity in the oil field. All that said, I have two questions. 
I'm not sure if your show will be the right forum for these questions. Well, David, our show is always the right forum. But, uh, <laughs> first question is, are any companies looking to drill in Val Verde County? So, David, we, we did a little research. I think Ryan's got some stuff from the Texas Railroad Commission or the Railroad Commission. Um, I have some stuff uh, January back in January this year. There were two companies that were doing some work that were projected to be out for at least a year. It was Royal Energy Holdings and Superior Oil. Ryan, what did you come up with? Yeah, I was trying to pull up the permits right here, but I didn't quite have time. But I can tell you this. So the best way to do this is, and we'll put this link in the, in the show notes if you don't have it, is to go to the Texas Railroad Commission website. And you can actually look up who is filing permits, who has filed permits, and you can go back you know, for a, you know, a long period of time. Um, and so you can actually go through that process on the Railroad Commission website. That is the best and most accurate way to do that. You can do like Josh did. He just kind of went and Googled around. And I hit some stories. That's a fine way to do it. But if you actually want to know, you know, maybe a, maybe a company that didn't hit the news, um, this would be the best way to do it. So we'll make sure we link to that in the show notes. Um, you know, Sergio Chapa puts out a drilling roundup. I don't know if it goes all the way over to Valverde or not. Um, but, but you know, so there would be kind of your couple of options. You can do like Josh did. You can just kind of Google, hit that around. You may go like Sergio, the San Antonio Business Journal, see if he's covering that news. I would actually reach out to Sergio also, just to be honest with you. Find him on Twitter. Uh, send him an email and say, hey, I'm in Valverde. Um, you know, what do you know about the area? Because he, you talk about people might looking to drill. Um, you know, he might know of companies that are in other areas that are getting ready to move to Valverde. So he might have a story about that that he could share with you, um, you know, something like that. And then obviously for the actual best, just pure data, the Texas Railroad Commission is where to go. Absolutely. Well, you know, we are sending some uh, some links out to Sergio to come on the show. We want him on the show here pretty soon. Um, I expect probably in the next week or two we'll get him on, and I might can just shoot him an email, see if he can give us an update on the Val Verde County, you know, since he does that drilling permit roundup anyway. He may have some information on file, or um, maybe we can get it out of him in the next week or two, give us, give us a little bit of insight. Uh, Ryan, the other question is, is there a proper way or etiquette uh, to reach out to companies if you own the mineral rights on leasing out that property? Yeah, so the first thing I would do is I'd go to globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse and make sure that you get your free $100 and pull all the records that you can from Drilling Info because it's free, right? Um, but the second thing I would do, in all seriousness, is um, if you're going to try to sell your minerals, I would, unless you're an experienced landman, and I don't know if you are or are not, uh, being that you have a military service, thank you for your service to our country, but I don't know if you have a background in land uh, or your family does. If you don't have a background in land, I would shop around with there are brokers that will do this for you and i would really recommend that um you know looking at maybe an attorney or a broker there are brokers who specialize in flipping minerals and so i would i would talk to them i'd interview you know 5 10 15 there's plenty of them out there don't don't settle with the first one find out what the rates are find out what they're offering um, and then obviously i'd make sure i had an attorney review the contract on the backside. but yeah there are brokers who do this and if you're not experienced with it I would really recommend going that route um, just because, you know, listen, sometimes these, these things sound like they're, they're easy to do and you get in there and all of a sudden you got this contractual language. You're not really sure. So let someone who's a professional do that unless you have a long history of doing that. Um, that would be my suggestion. If you're going to do it solo, I would go to the drilling permit. I would look it up who's drilling in that County and I'd just call them up and, um, and, and say, Hey, listen, I've got this acreage in this location, yada, yada, yada. 
tell them what you have. I'd have maps. I'd have the, the, the abstracts, all that information that they're going to want. Um, you know, I'd have that ready for them in a PDF and send over to them. But I'd highly recommend you going with a broker, and I'd call around. I don't have any to recommend personally uh, in that area, but I'd call around and see um, you know, who might be the, the best person for this job. Awesome, awesome. Well, David, we really appreciate you sending in the questions. Hopefully we answered them to, uh, to your satisfaction. But, uh, David, look forward to, uh, to hearing maybe some comments you got. What do you think? Did we answer your questions well? Send us an email at ryan at globalenergymedia.com. And Ryan, we have uh, Ryan Sitton's stuff we wanted to jump into today. He released um, some information here. It's the Energy Market Outlook. It's Sitton's 2018 Energy Market Outlook. Uh, quite a lot of information here, Ryan. What were some things that stood out to you when you were reading through this? Yeah, I think the first thing that stood out was um, there's a uh, it's a electronic magazine, so we'll link to it in the show notes, but. Um, it's a, you can sign up for also Ryan Sitton's um, email newsletter. That's how we got it. But there's a page, I think it's page 14, 15, somewhere there, and it has Texas. It has a map of Texas. It says number one in total energy, number one in solar power, number one in crude oil, number one in natural gas, and number one in wind energy capacity. And it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, Texas is known for oil and gas, but, um, but solar potential, wind energy capacity, we have the capacity to do a lot of stuff here in Texas. Now, you know, how much will it be implemented and stuff like that? Obviously a point of discussion, but... It is interesting to realize this the potential that that Texas has to produce energy at scale um, with solar and wind. How much that will capitalize on, I don't know, but it is funny that people don't really realize. You know, I heard this discussion the other day about you know, overpopulation and stuff like this, and you, know, you sit back and you just you know you look how big Texas is and how much unpopulated area there are. If, if solar and wind actually were to take off um, and become very profitable, um, there's obviously a ton of room in Texas to put up stuff like that. Um, and then it says that. Um, the other thing is, Texas currently accounts for 30% of the nation's refining capacity, ranking third in the world. That was pretty impressive. I didn't realize it was that high world in the world. In the U.S., I, I kind of knew that, but, but globally, that was really impressive. I mean, that's, a, that's refining a lot of product when you think about some of the big refineries that there are globally. Um, and so other, other than that, Josh, there's a lot of good stuff in here. One thing I like about it is just a lot of charts. It's really simple. You can kind of flip through it. Um, you don't have to read you know, dissertations to get to the point, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty easy. It's a pretty easy read. Yeah. It's, it's still very well. Ryan, one of the things, um, on, let's see, I think it's page three. Um, it, it has a little chart there showing the world crude, uh, world crude oil supply and demand going all the way back to 2001. And it really highlights the last five years. And I just, I mean, you, you've been, you have kind of been running a company for, the last five years and just want to get your take on some of these numbers um back in 2013 uh it was 1.1 million barrels per day under supplied for the next three years 14 15 and 16 it was oversupplied and it's showing that 2015 was the biggest oversupply would that be the i mean in your experience would that be the year that was the toughest in the industry in the last say five to ten years yeah i always get the numbers wrong because when you you know because it, it, it's still hard for me to realize it's 2018 so if i do the math in my head here so 2017 2016 2015 yeah 2015 was the if i remember correctly it was the worst year for us uh or no maybe it's 2016 i'm trying to think here yeah 2016 for us and what we do in the business 
was was the toughest, and that was because we talked about I think last week, um, you know how the business works. With, with the drilling slows down, we do a lot of midstream. We do drilling stuff, um, but midstream is more of our is is a higher percentage of our portfolio than upstream. And so as as our upstream business slowed down, we still had a lot of midstream stuff going on, and that carried us through fifteen, sixteen though. That's when um, that is when the midstream stuff's dried up. And so that was really the rough year um, for us. And then 17, which was last year, if I'm getting my years right now, 17, you start to see an uptick in the upstream and the midstream slowly came along. And so that's kind of how it worked out for us. I know other people in other parts of the business, you know, depending on where they are, they may have felt it a little bit earlier or a little bit later. But for us, yeah, it was 16. That was actually the worst year because our position in the midstream market. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, yeah, that was something that really stood out to me. Just curious. It shows here that um, so we had 2013. I think it was a pretty good year. There, we were under undersupplied. 14, 15, 16, we were oversupplied. So 2017, we went back to being undersupplied, and that's kind of reflecting the market starting to improve. Mm-hmm. And I would say 2018, we're probably going to be undersupplied throughout 2018. And I'm projecting. Uh, it's kind of my, you know. My best guess, uh, I think 2019, we're probably going to go back to being over supplied. You know, I'm not the smartest cookie. I'm only the smartest one on this show, you know, so uh, <laughs> take, take it what you can. <laughs> oh, sadly, that, that that's not much to compare yourself against. So, um, so I'll say this. I, I'm not sure I agree with you, um, mainly because of some of the – if you look at what's going on in Venezuela, the constraints there – you look at what's going on um, with, we talked about the pipeline constraints here in, in, the, in the U.S., how that impacted. Um, Canada's got some constraints with um, not permitting a pipeline. I, I'm not sure. You might be right, um, but I'm not, I'm not sure. It would be good for prices if, 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 um, if I was right. If you're right and we oversupply, it would be bad for prices. So if, if the industry crashes, blame Josh Shelton. That's essentially yeah. what he said. Everybody's listening to me, just yeah. following suit, self-fulfilling. Well, Ryan, is there anything we want to cover here? We want to go ahead and jump over. No, let's go ahead. Let's go next. Okay. All right. Uh, Chevron touts both Permian and deep water. So Chevron is, uh, kind of give you a little backdrop here. A lot of companies are trying to stay away from the deep water whales and are going to, you know, land. Uh, Permian being the the main attraction. And so uh, Chevron is actually a company that's going to be investing $8 billion into deep water whales. And you know, they talk about some of the risks involved and how it takes more money. You have to have a long, long-term outlook uh, to, to really make it worthwhile. But it, uh, it seems to be something that, that they're really committed to, to continuing on as part of their portfolio. So looking at this, I'm, I'm just wondering, Ryan, at how, um, how many companies are leaving the deep water well that were there, say, when oil was $100 a barrel. I wonder how many have left and went to the Permian. I wonder if there's any way for us to investigate that. Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of both, and you know, you, you shift your focus, um, and then you reshift your focus, and so um, we're seeing an increase in offshore. The difference between offshore and onshore, at least in the shell stuff, is offshore is a very long lead time. You know, you're talking about five, ten-year projects for the time you you started, so it's a very long. Uh, long process. So if you start today, you're not drilling oil for you know, you know five to ten years. 
Um, and then the, the, but the decline rate on those wells are very slow compared to onshore. You can go out there and pop a hole you know, pretty quick, but the decline rates are a lot faster. Um, and so these companies are trying to figure out the balance. You know, how much do we invest in offshore? How much do we invest in onshore? Uh, we talked about a story the other day in, on the oil and gas market recap that there's really a push right now on the offshore business to make themselves profitable at $50 a barrel. And, and that, that, that's for a lot of reasons, but I think the main reason is is that they, everyone kind of feels right now that if you can make it at 50 you know, that you're going to be good. Now, I don't know if the price is going to go above 50, below 50, obviously, but, but if you, you kind of see these headlines, offshore companies are going, you know what, if we can make it work, there's a lot of money to be made offshore, so it's not like it's, um, it's a bad thing. Now, if you're talking about moving to onshore, we have seen companies that have focused in the Permian, and they've kind of repositioned themselves. I think the big boys, though, they're always going to be involved in offshore. I think it's just for them it's going to be a timing issue, whereas maybe historically they were a little bit more um, continual in offshore. I think now moving forward with the influx of onshore, they're going to be a little bit more strategic on when they decide to go offshore and when they you know, just keep, it, keep more production onshore, rather. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Well, we got something Ryan Tipro uh, released, some statistics about the industry, uh, a lot of information. We're going to put this in the show notes as well. Um, out of all these statistics, I mean, I saw some about employment uh, and payroll and, and things. What stood out to you most, Ryan, with uh, some of the stuff from Tipro? Yeah, so what actually got me onto this was an article, um, I think, from the Dallas, New- Dallas Morning News or, I don't know, Dallas News or something like that. Anyways. And, and so, yeah, I kind of went and read this report. Tipro is good, good people there. Um, and so, yeah, a couple things get got on to me. The first thing that stood out to me was uh, it's the third bullet point on page seven. The oil and gas industry paid a national average wage of $109,000 uh, in 2017, 103% more than the national average private sector wage of $54,000. <laughs> With that being said, U.S. oil and gas wages were down 4% in 2017 from 113000 in 2016 all adjusted for inflation. So if you look at that number, we're, we're doubling up the, the national average in the oil and gas industry. And that's one of the beautiful things about this. And, you know, it's really weird because if you work in the industry, you don't really realize how big the numbers are, um, you know, for salary and stuff like that. But if you get outside the industry, like, oh, wow, okay, I didn't realize, I didn't realize how much everyone was getting paid here. Um, now, here's some other things that I saw. Um, payroll in the oil and gas industry was $91 billion in 2017, down 3% compared to 2016, adjusted for inflation. Okay, so if you go to the end of the report, it says the payroll was down in 2017 compared to 2016. We wouldn't have expected to see this, and let's go to this. So if you go to the very end of the report, page 35, it lists off the codes for the oil and gas industries. Now, we've talked about this multiple times, Josh, and I think this is important. I don't, I'd have to go back and sit and look at all of these codes but I think what we're going to see here is that these codes obviously encompass a, a large swath of who might be working in the oil and gas industry. But I think that there's a lot of jobs that are happening. And so, yes, if you want to compare apples to apples, maybe the payroll was down because the companies and the producers increased efficiency, right? And so they, they didn't have to have as many people. I, I'm good with that. But... Um, but if you if you sit back and go, you know, well, what about these other jobs that were created that we talked about time and time again? I don't think we're, in, we're, in, we're encompassing those jobs. And so these reports, I think at some point we're going to have to sit back and say they're good in the sense of comparing apples to apples. So NAICS code uh, 211 
from year to year. That's fine and dandy, but it doesn't actually make up the oil and gas industry. There's so many things that make up the oil and gas industry. And I know Tipro is pro oil and gas. They're not trying to be. They're they're just trying to go apples to apples. And so I'm not I'm not being negative here. I'm just saying that this is part of the problem with how we've done statistics um, historically. These are you know government codes and all this junk, and it it means something. It just doesn't mean what it means uh, anymore. A couple other facts I want to point out real quick, Josh, is that 39% of all oil and gas jobs nationwide are located in Texas. 3.2% of all jobs in Texas are in the oil and gas industry. 7.5% of payroll in Texas is from oil and gas. 132, let's see here. Oh, I got that one. And um, let's see here. Texas is the first ranked state by oil and gas employment, the first in state by oil and gas business, the first by oil and gas wages, and the first by payroll um, as the old saying goes, God bless Texas, and it's pretty clear he's blessing it right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, those numbers are, are very impressive. Well, Ryan, yeah, we yeah, are yeah. Oh, real quick. Either impressive, and I would just push back and say they should be more impressive. I understand what Tipro is doing here, so I'm not being negative on Tipro. This is a kind of a government coding issue. These numbers just aren't. They, they should actually be better, Josh. That's that's kind of a thing. This, if you look at this and go, wow, these are good. They're actually better because there's so many things that. You know, like our company, we're, we don't have a code like this that, 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 that would tie us to oil and gas. Not that we would affect the statistic any, but, but you can get the point. If there's, there's companies like us that aren't directly tied to the industry by these codes, that, that if you put us all in there, that would actually, these numbers would be a lot better because we've all been hiring. We've all been increasing payroll. Well, Ryan, we are entering into our segment, the Texas Roundup. Uh, this is where we want to cover any news that we think is breaking uh, information about jobs, mergers, acquisitions, uh, anything that we think can give you an edge if you're, you're going to be talking to someone or opportunities that you might want to explore. Uh, the first one we have, Ryan, is a pretty pretty big pipeline that they are building. It's going to be starting in Weld County, Colorado, and going all the way to Carson County in Texas. So a uh, pretty massive pipeline, Enterprise Products Partners, um, Western Gas Partners, and DCP midstream announced this on may the 3rd uh, a binding open season for additional capacity on the front range pipeline so uh pretty big stuff here ryan yep yep good stuff and um you know it's one of those deals where we got texas companies that listen here you go you'd be going up all the way up to uh you know covering a lot of area it's uh what were the companies getting in that josh See, it was Enterprise, Enterprise uh, Western Gas Partners, DCP Midstream, and we haven't talked about a deal like this in a while. Um, but you know, always the thing here is, if you're looking to go capitalize on this, um, figure out which of these companies is in charge of which part of your business. So, DCP might be in charge of environmental, and Western might be in charge of construction, and Enterprise might be in charge of this, uh, or Enterprise might be in charge of all of it. So, figure out which which of these three will be in charge of what you do, and then go and solicit them. This goes from what's it's all. In Colorado, all the way down to Carson County, um, so it's going to be a big, long project, a lot of work to happen here. Well, next one we got Comstock closes on Eagleford Shale, independent producer Comstock Resources closing the sale of Eagleford, 125 million dollar uh, deal there. So uh, Comstock haven't heard much from them, so maybe uh, something worth taking a look at. This is the biggest deal. I mean, I, I think I said this two weeks ago, but this might be the biggest deal I've ever seen. Ryan, surging fuel demand <laughs> prompts marathon. Petroleum's $23 billion deal. Uh, this is just a massive deal. Uh, they're, 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 buying, uh, they're buying out Endeavor, and it's going to create the largest American oil refiner. Uh, so 
pretty massive deal here. I, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I almost fell out of my chair when I saw the, the deal come up earlier this week. Yeah, big money. One, one thing to note here, Josh, is that Marathon – uh, when I first read this story, I thought Marathon Oil. It is not Marathon Oil. It is Marathon Petroleum. Those are two different companies, no longer the same. Uh, Marathon Petroleum actually spun off its uh, own subsidiary in 2011. So if you're going to try to, if you're in the refining business, stuff like this, just keep that in mind. You know, you, you'd probably already know that. But me, I read the headline, I thought Marathon Oil. It's not. It's actually Marathon Petroleum. Two different companies there. Just a quick note. Well, uh, two more things, Ron. One, uh, Midland again tops the list of Texas Texas's oil counties. So um, this county has been has been number one in oil uh, for the past, I believe, five years. Uh, this year, really no different. Uh, one of the things they put in here that's pretty cool is Midland also ranked number four in the production of natural gas. Uh, Webb County. Durant and Reeves are one, two, and three, respectively, and Midland was number four in natural gas. Uh, the RRC reports Midland produced in terms of oil 7.6 million uh, barrels. So they are, um, see if they have, what was number two, Ron? I'm looking. So number two was Carnes County, yep. which I believe that was the same as it was last year. Reeves is number three. Loving was number four. Upton was number uh, I will link this in the show notes. If you want to go take a look at some of these counties uh, to see, you know, how, how they're how they're producing. Yeah, Old Carnes County, Old Faithful, down there in the Eagleford. Um, you know, it's still it's still trying to punch its way up with uh, with the top oil producing counties in the state. But yeah, you're right. Carnes is kind of a stalwart up there at the top, and um, obviously it's interesting that Midland. That tells you how much gas is coming out of the Permian stuff. Is that uh, Midland's the number I, four? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Last one, uh, we uh, you know we used to talk about turning this into the or changing the name to Texas and Mexico oil and gas. For maybe we need to call this the Texas and Porta Corpus podcast. <laughs> exactly. like we're hitting this thing every week. But we got a little information here. They're building a new terminal. Um, there's a couple of companies, a Trio of American Energy. Uh, it's three companies: Buckeye Partners, Phillips 66, and Endeavor. And I'm wondering, Ryan, as I read that, Endeavor just got bought out by. Marathon Petroleum, so I wonder if that's uh, going to be a slightly different different setup there. Probably the same people, just yep. going to be under brand under a different company name. Uh, but they're doing a joint venture to build a facility at the South Texas Gateway Terminal, um, just to to bring some you know to create some more opportunities to export out of that port. Yep, I saw that too, and I was like, huh, Endeavor, and I was like, you know, Marathon didn't walk in and sign over was it two billion dollars to go oh wait we're committed to this too so yeah i think you're right it's probably gonna be done i can't remember if they're gonna get rid of the endeavor name or not but yeah it, the deal if i had to guess it would seem that everyone knew about this these don't you know it's not like you can go up and buy one of these companies over uh, overnight so um, these deals happen and so um over time yeah, and so, yeah. I, I, I did a little looking i didn't i didn't research too much why endeavor would want to do that because endeavor seemed to be a pretty decent company mm-hmm. but i think mm-hmm. The guy was uh, the, the owner, the CEO. He was he was elder, elderly, you know, getting up in age, and I think he just ready to cash out and be done with it. I believe. Well, I can't blame him. <laughs> I can't either. All right, Ryan. Uh, the drilling info, our uh, you know that that is our sponsor. We pull our drilling, um, our rig count, you know, from from there every week. Today we were at one thousand and ninety nine. So it looks like we're about to cross that eleven hundred mark. I would expect in the next couple of days. Hopefully, um, so rig count is steadily just uh, just creeping on up, man. It's uh, it's increasing. It seems like every week now. 
Yep, yep, yep. Okay. All right, well, I know we are up against the clock, so let's plug the last few things we got, which is YPE, May 24th, uh, Fort Worth. I will be there. Colonial will be the master of ceremonies on the ones and twos if they have them. If not, actually, if they have them, I won't be on the ones and twos because it would be a train wreck. But anyways, um, I will be there um, running the ship. No, I'm not running the ship. I don't – What? you know, to be honest with you, Josh, I'm the master of ceremonies. I guess it just means I, I'm the pretty face. That's what it is. I'm the pretty face that will be talking. I guess that's what they want me for, right? I don't know if it's the face. I think it's the voice. I think it's the-, <laughs> the voice of radio coming to you. Okay. <laughs> so I'll be there doing whatever they want me to do is what I'll be doing there. Hopefully that involves eating crawfish and uh, maybe drinking a few cold beverages. Um, but I will be there. We'll have the podcast stuff set up there. Um, so excited about that. And if you haven't signed up, you need to sign up. If you're looking to sponsor, they're still looking for sponsors. Uh, if you need to, information, Ryan at globalengineering.com or you can look up on the website, um, I don't have it in front of me, but just Google Fort Worth YPE. I'm sure you can find it there. Um, final thing is our sponsor, as Josh mentioned, globalengineeringmedia.com slash courthouse. Get a free $100. Um, Josh, I think that is it until next week, right? That's it, man. That's okay, it. for the smarter of the two people, telling you until next time, keep climbing. Keep climbing.